Hello, my friends. Welcome to Little Drops with Femi Jacobs. I'm so glad you could join me today. And wherever you're listening from, I would really, really love to have your feedback. So let me know and consider sharing this with um, people around you if you, if you find it useful. Uh, commit to sharing with about three people. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Today, I want to talk about you are the problem your problems are trying to solve. Many people think they're trying to solve problems. In fact, many live in the anxieties of having problems or, or going to have problems or in the fear of the problems that may come into their lives. And it's just like being worried about oxygen because problems are generic. It takes a generic experience of everybody alive. It's almost as if we are, we, we, the problems are like the regulators of human experience. And it's usually our reactions to those problems that make or break us. Problems don't kill people. No, people kill themselves with their problems. Problems don't kill people. People kill themselves with their problems. See, problems are a a mercy drops okay if you can overcome the perennial anxiety uh, that you have towards having problems then you will be a happier more connected and a stronger person listen you are the problem your problems are trying to solve because you are the mystery you are the conundrum you're a bundle of complexities. If we don't introduce challenges, we will never be able to unpack what you contain. You don't even know yourself yet. There are abilities and, and you know, capabilities, you know, embedded and stored up in you. They are, <laughs> your life in the next two years may not even resemble in any way what it is today if you respond to problems and if you stop fearing them and you start really engaging with them and using them as instruments of ascension. Uh, this is what we teach in the spiritual educative and clarity class and this is why it's been so successful. Don't be scandalized by having problems. Welcome your problems. It's a radical, it's a radical thing, okay? Welcome them. They are your helpers. They introduce you to new dimensions about yourself. They open up new channels of appreciating your humanity, of improving your conditions in life. Problems are are wake-up calls. Wake-up calls to potential. Wake-up calls to opportunities. Wake-up calls to capabilities. Wake-up calls to, to new dimensions of life and of living. So welcome your problems. Be more open to them. Experience them. As a person in a bubble bath, you sit in the bubble bath, you let it soak into you. You let it, you let it teach you, you let it show you the things that are in your life. The good book says you would not be given much more than you can bear. But most of the times when we have problems, we immediately feel overwhelmed. Listen, there's no need to be. The problem has come because you are able, you have resources within you, latent 
within you to rise up above that problem. Not only to solve the problem. No, 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 no. You're not supposed to focus on solving the problem. You're supposed to focus on solving yourself. You're supposed to focus on solving yourself. All right? Let the problem interrogate you. Let the problems drill your consciousness. Let them wake you from perilous slumber. Let them show you your possibilities. Let patience have a perfect work in you. Then you can be perfect at entire, like nothing. We will explore patience another day. But whatever it is you are faced with the day, Whatever it is that's challenging you, it could be financial problems that's common to everybody. Um, it could be marital issues, it could be relational issues, it could be professional career issues, it could be business issues. Whatever it is you're com- confronted with today, your power is in engaging with it because something is supposed to come out of you that is totally not about solving that problem. Something comes out of you, it makes you a better person. It makes you ascend into new purposes and new levels of life. If you engage with the problem and you, and you decide to, to interrogate it, to understand it, to, to, to engage with it, to let it probe your potential, to respond this positively to problems will immediately make you a calmer, a better, a stronger, a wiser, and definitely a wealthier person. So we're waiting for you. You carry so much promise, so much gifting. The fire is to purify you, pursue you from your comfort zones until your greatness is unveiled. Problems are not to be feared. They are to be delighted in. I delight in necessities, in hunger pangs, in periods of want and neediness, in insufficiency and lack, because then my creativity is bolstered. Is bolstered. I am the conundrum. I need to be solved. So I welcome the solution. The problem is actually a solution for me to let me become a person of influence, of power, of new possibilities, a limitless individual who is a river that's constantly flowing, unhindered, unstoppable, and definitely someone others can admire. admire. Someone who can coach others through the issues. You worry about these things so much and then you go through it and you realize that it wasn't as terrifying as it once made itself to seem. And that's why you must master yourself so much so that you don't have an emotional reaction to problems. Don't have an emotional reaction to problems. Always having an emotional reaction to problems weakens you and causes you to make mistakes that actually make the problems worse. But not to panic. Regardless of what caused the problem, regardless of how the problems come, welcome them. Welcome the problem. And then begin to engage them. I have a course on the platform called Profiting from Pain. Profiting from Pain. And I, you know, created five questions we can use to interrogate our pain. What am I learning? What am I missing? What am I birthing? What am I planting? What am I becoming? If you come on in 20 years, we're going to mention it a little bit because this is what we use to resolve people's personal issues before we get into higher dimensions of creativity and of power and of making more available and of making your business grow, making your relationships prosper and bloom, making your, your career more progressive and more powerful. Stop 
having a knee-jerk reaction, panic reaction towards problems, improve on self-mastery, work on problems, smile when they come. It will take a while. But when you get to this point, you're not going to wake up panicking. You're not going to go to bed thinking. You're not going to, you know, have restless nights. You're not going to have sleepless nights. You're going to sleep well. You're going to be a person who's going to be calm. And you're going to become better by each problem that you face. Some of those problems will keep repeating themselves. That's why your patterns will not, will not change until the lessons that need to teach you have been learned. That's why problems repeat themselves in a particular pattern in a person's life. And I dare say, if I go deeper, that the type of problems you are faced with is an indication to the nature of the potential that you carry. The type of problems you are repeatedly and constantly faced with is, say, an indication of the potential that you carry. Isn't that amazing? You have this problem because it's supposed to lead you on a path of discovery of your purpose. You have this problem always, not to kill you, but to guide and lead you along a path that leads you to your life's purpose. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? I would love to engage with you. Because this level of bliss and of power and of prosperity and of freedom and liberty that I'm experiencing, I want everyone to experience it because we can't solve the problems of our planet if we're busy still chasing little problems about. If little problems are still overwhelming us, if problems are still weighing us down, if we're still conflicted, contradicted, constipated by little problems. Understand this, you are a conundrum. Always tell yourself, I'm a mystery. You know, life will send you helpers along the way and they won't be always be positive. There will be negative experiences to unravel and to open you up. The treasures inside you will start to emerge and you start to see that this thing was a design all along. Are you with me? I know you are. See you again, son. Remember to share this with people in your life. Remember to register for our seminar which is going to take place on the 20th of July 2019 it's going to be an intercontinental hotel there's buffet there's cocktail there's tea there's all of the you know there's parfait whatever it is you want but there's also an atmosphere of intensity of engaging with higher dimensions of truth and of knowledge that is not basically available anywhere else won't you come and change your life forever? Call 0810-470-1356 and be a part of that network. And come and enjoy what dozens of others have experienced since August last year. Whose lives have changed forever. I guarantee you that your life will change. If after the seminar you don't get what you're looking for, ask me for a refund and I'll give it to you. Yes, I will. But I can guarantee it. It's going to be the one of the biggest experiences of your life. See you there. Femi Jacobs again. This is Little Drops. Remember to share with everybody you know and love. Bye.
Hello, my friends. Welcome to Little Drops with Femi Jacobs. It's my pleasure to be with you again. I, I am exceptionally happy today because, because it's, it's a new day. <laughs> it's, an, it's a new day. The universe is renewing her trust in me that I'm able to survive and thrive and become all that I, I, I could be. Um, today I want to talk about clarity um, because it's, it's the most it's it's the most requested part of the uh, self development intervention and modules that we we have out there. And um, in as much as I don't like separating your spirituality from your clarity and from your creativity, I would like to offer you a an a, a little. Um, uh, can I say window into what clarity is about? Life clarity is a major, major, major requirement for peace of mind, for uh, removing the anxiety about the future that people normally have, and setting people, uh, setting people on their way. I mean, most people who come to my classes simply ask me, "What do you think I should do now?" Just, just let me know what you want me to do right now, and I'll do it. What, what, what does God expect of me? What, what step am I supposed to take now towards my dreams coming to pass? And I understand that I am very, very, very sympathetic to that. And um, a lot of people say to me, "Femi, you must be swimming in a sea of clarity." And um, and that, that there's nothing that is farther from the truth. There is a a, an element of confusion that comes with with how we manage our tomorrow. And part of my life work is providing enough pillars, pointers, and light so that people have less anxiety about tomorrow and they face it with um, gusto. Um, and they start being tentative and they start, they start being unsure if what they're doing is right or wrong and, and if they're actually on the right path. Because I realized that patience is not a problem for some. They just want to know that they're waiting right. They want to know that at the end of this process, I am not going to be disappointed. There are deeper ways of assuring that and we'll go through that in class. And, and, but I want to speak to you about a couple of things that you have to get rid of. You have to work on which I call the hindrances to clarity itself. Why? Wh- what are the disciplines that I, I, I impose upon myself to constantly um, to constantly work on so that I do not um, lose clarity or I do not get delayed in frustration and confusion for too long because everybody goes through confusion. I go through my confusion almost every day. Um, but I, I, once I remove these five layers that I'm about to share with you, um, it becomes a lot easier for me to focus and to get direction about, um, about what I'm doing. There are five of them. One of them is the myth of perfectionism. Second is the fear of opinions. The third is the fear of the unknown. The fourth is the pressure of time. And the fifth is lack of self-confidence. And if I go through this now, you'll understand 
once you remove these layers of of inhibitions and hindrances from your mind your mind is able to deliver to you clearly what you should get where you should go and what you should do hopefully this is helpful to you like i always say i just started podcasting please help me share it with everybody you know so it can grow i want to grow let me send my kit all right the myth of perfectionism is one of the hindrances to to um, clarity in life we want to most of us want to get out and get it right almost immediately the other day i was in the studio and um i was you know doing my audio book i'd always wanted to read my own book by myself i didn't want to hire a professional voice somebody or whatever i do who doesn't really know the message to to uh, to to read my book so i wanted to you know read my book by myself you know i wanted to narrate it by myself you know so uh, i went into the studio the first time i didn't particularly know what to what to expect but i went to the studio and 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 my good friend Wilson Joel was giving me a lot of confidence to do this and i said about oh well, now do it then i started i started and i sucked <laughs> i really sucked the first you know i sucked but the more i did it the better i became and we did the first part which was the the first the first 10 chapters of the book and they were supposed to go and do the 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 second part of the book um the first the second 10 chapters of the book by the time I got there I wasn't the same person it was as if I was not the same person and he made a comment he said well you've changed you've really really improved now the myth of perfectionism is 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 it's almost like the fear of failure that makes us become undecided indecisive tentative and not clear about what we're supposed to be doing most of us know what we're supposed to do we're just afraid of failing at it and the older you get the more the more the, the more afraid of failure you become you become risk averse and you don't want to take a step um, but it doesn't matter what you've mastered before everything requires new mastery skills every new thing requires new mastery skills um i recently took up coding yeah yeah i'm coding i'm learning how to code i paid top dollar for it as well <laughs> oh fam what would you want to do i just i just love to i just love to learn new skills and knowledge and you know whatever i could do in my spare time you know i'm learning spanish i'm learning french and i'm realizing that the big, no matter what you've mastered before when you get to a new place you've got to leave all of that behind you've got to come like a child to be able to learn new things and get into new spaces and get into new things um there's so many new things happening at the same time in my life right now and i'm i'm curious i i go in curious and then curiosity is what destroys my fear of failure and if i go in to learn it doesn't matter how many papers i shred and i put in the bin it doesn't really matter i do that without any fear the same approach you have to have to your life you have to stop being so afraid to fail you have to stop being so afraid to fail take decision and 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 go on go on and do it start doing it it would teach you how to do it i say that in class i say the task 
would show you how to do it. Do the task. The task will show you how to do it. No matter how many relationships you've been on, you can't bring the assumptions of the past relationship to this new one. People are different. People will teach you how to love them. The love language of this person is not the same love language of that person. Some people like quality time. Some people like gifts a lot. Some people like uh, going out uh, a lot. Some people like public you know, um, PDAs, you know, a lot. And the people have different love languages and you've got to master each person. If you, if you refuse to go into a relationship, you know, because you're afraid that you may not do it right, it will hamper with your clarity. The second is the fear of opinions. What will people say? All of us are social animals. We want to look good to other people. We want to look good to other people. And so, even even what should come out of us that that seems to be uh, uh, that seems to have the possibility to be of being misunderstood by other people, this burden upon our minds can weigh so heavily, and we don't see clearly the things that we're supposed to be doing right now. Let me tell you something: people don't care. Look. I know in your narcissism, you want to always talk about haters. Haters are almost like, they, they, don't, they don't have hate customized for you. Hate is a habit people have. Although they would like to say that you're peculiar. They would like to think that your own case is too much. Her own case is too much, self. Ah, that's why I hate her. No. His own case is his own is too much, self. That's why I hate him. No, you hate. Simple. Your hate is not to be attached to other people. It's that someone has an anger problem. Oh, she provoked me. He provoked me. It's an anger problem. It's an anger problem. You don't develop a weakness for the purpose of somebody. You develop a weakness because you develop a weakness. You learn a habit of hating. People learn the habit of hating, not because you are hate-worthy, but because they opened their minds to hate. Okay? So it is not about you. It's about them. All right? Just do you. <laughs> do what you know you're supposed to do. Trust me. People are ambivalent. They will come around. The same people who say, oh, what is he doing? He's only too much. They're the ones who are going to ask you later, how did you do it? So if you consider people too much, you will not take a good step. Things that will make your life better. You will begin to think you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. Deep down, you know what to do. You're just afraid of people's opinions. And I always say, listen, the, the, the outrage yesterday is not the outrage today. The hate yesterday is not the hate today. Because hate is not customized to person, to person to person. It is hate. All right? When they will hate on you now, they'll talk about you now. Once something more interesting comes along, they move their attention away from you and go to that person, to that thing. It's not about you. Don't take it personal. Because if you do, you will never have clarity about the things you're supposed to be doing. Three, the fear of the unknown. How do you take more control about tomorrow? By making decisions, good decisions today. All right, how do I know I'm making good decisions? Good question. Commit to something. The moment you start to execute that thing, you will gain more clarity. 
All right? Don't be afraid to change your mind, but just commit to a direction. When you get to that direction, if it's not the way, then you can eliminate that. You can achieve clarity by elimination. Absolutely. It's a practical thing. But you have to commit to something. You have to commit to doing something. So the only way to destroy anxiety about tomorrow is to take a step today. Do the first idea that comes to you. Begin to go about it. You know, gradually ease yourself into it. As you do that, you will begin to gain more clarity about what you should do. If you've executed what you shouldn't do, then you can retrace your steps. At least it gives you more clarity about what you should not do. And then you can know what to do. Does that make sense? It does. It actually does in my own life. I just move. When I move and I realize, okay, this is not what I should be doing, I switch. Okay, people are going to make fun of you and say, oh, you, you, he's, always, he's always like this. He can't, even, he can't even change. He can't even stick to something. It doesn't matter. Just go. All right? And the more decisions you make, the better you are decision making and the more control you will have about the future. Yes, the fear can be real, but you should commit to something. The fourth is the pressure of time. Oh my God. When you fix the time, when something must happen, it can, it can exacerbate your confusion and it can make you a lot um, less decisive, a lot less able to see, you've got to be able to calm yourself down, all right? You've got to tell people, I will get back to you. I will get back to you. I will figure this out. You have to stop looking at time. You have to stop saying to yourself, oh, it's taking five, five years. Oh, it's taking two years. It's taking too, too long. It's taking two months. Because the more you're communicating that to yourself, the more pressure you're putting on yourself. And the more pressure you have, the more hyper your brain gets, and in that panic mode, you cannot be clear, all right? So what I do is I try to calm myself down. I try to forget everything about the situation that I know, that are the pressure points in the situation. Somebody wants to go to court, or someone wants to call you out, or someone wants to report you to someone, or someone is leaving town, or someone is coming to town, or someone needs it now. Everybody needs it now. Everybody needs it now. When I tell people who work for me, can I just give me a moment? Give me a moment. I want, you, I want to remove the pressure of time off of me. If you're trying to decide whether to, to you know, accept somebody's proposal and, you know, get married to the person or not get married to the person, once you stop, once you start thinking about how old you are, how your mates already have two kids or three kids, you already compromised your ability to see clearly whether this is the right person or not once you you know you you get two offers for a job and you say how long you've been unemployed you're going to disturb yourself should you not care about time yes you should it's rational to care for time but time itself should not be over overarching purpose of decision making no 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 wisdom is is the right motive for decision making the wellness of your soul is the right motive for decision making. Not time. Not time. And you see that the only way to save time is to forget about it. The best way to save time is to forget about it. Because worrying about time wastes time. Worrying about time wastes time. 
the only way to be, to be, you know, to be timely is to forget about time. Just forget it for a moment. Literally keep the moment away of deadlines of, of now. Just move it away and then focus. You would be able to make decisions easily. All right. And the last is the most important. The lack of self-confidence. Why is this a route to lack of clarity? Your heart is talking to you right now about what to do. But if you do not have confidence in your own voice, in your own thoughts, your ability to decide. You know, our parents in this part of the world are very overbearing. If you give them a chance, they still want to be you know, making decisions for you at 25, at 30, at 35, at 40, at 40, at 50. They still want to be making decisions for you. And if they make decisions for you, they're only trying to vicariously live their lives through you, either trying to guide you to places that wish they had gone to or literally trying to force you to places they had gone to in their lives. You know, so uh, you, you've got you've got to you've got to be independent in your thinking. You've got to understand that everybody can advise, but the voice of your own heart is the most important, and that will lead you back to spiritual skills. Spiritual skills is what you use to master your intuition, to master your own guts, your, your own gut feeling, your own your own premonitions. They're very important. Your heart knows a lot more about your journey than your head does. And if you develop confidence in the voice of your own heart, then you will have clarity about the decisions of life. Now, so I'm not swimming in a river of clarity. No, 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 no. I struggle like everybody else. But once I'm able to, to take care of this five layers of inhibitors, then I'm able to, I'm, a, I'm in a better place to, uh, to attain clarity. There are other ones, like vengeance, for instance. Do you know that something weird happens? Some people cannot leave where they are in terms of their location because subconsciously, they're still trying to prove something to some people in their past. Do you know that? Oh no, I'm a coach, I know. They say they don't have clarity about where they should live, where they should go. But guess what? Subconsciously, they are fixed in the location they're at because they've been there for 20 years. And there are people in that place who never made, never, never thought much of them. And they want to prove to those people that they can succeed. All of their, all of the energy of their decision-making is, is just dancing around that location because they want people to see how much better they've gotten. Prepare them life. And some people just don't know that this is going on in their own soul. Subconsciously tied to getting even. Subconsciously tied to peppering other people. Subconsciously tied to proving a point to others. And their clarity 
is hindered. This is a deeper one, and there are many other ways. When you come to class, I'll teach you tools about tools of clarity, how to have clarity in your life. Maybe I'll do a, a podcast about that very soon. I'll mention top line, but as we delve into people's you know, lack of clarity, life clarity about life, then we can know exactly where the problem is at. And I'll prove it, because you always know what to do. You just have a lot of inhibitors. All right? See you again. Don't forget to share this with someone. And remember, our life intervention program, Clarity, happens on the 20th of this month. It's just barely two weeks. So it's exactly uh, about two weeks and a few days away. And um, we have some sponsored seats. You could call 0810-470-1356 and ask Onyinye about how to go about it or you can just go to my website riceplatform.tv forward slash register and then you will see the details of registration there the site is secure and um, our payment platform is managed by paystack season one love little drops share widely help my market bless you bye Hello everyone and welcome to Little Drops Podcast with Femi Jacobs. Um, I'm recording this now because I just had a chat with a a good friend of mine. Um, um, I have um, body, mind and spirit. They are linked together. Okay? And a problem in one um, affects over the others. All right, a problem in the mind affects the body, affects the spirit. A problem in the body affects the mind, of course, but hardly does does problem originate from the body. Usually, it's from the mind. Okay, um, every feeling, every emotion, um, every thought, sorry, that we welcome um, produces an emotion. The emotion, emotions are chemicals, emotions in the body. The, the brain secrets chemicals and they go to the body and they're there. If they are the wrong type of emotion, then we're in for a rough ride. I don't have all the time, not do I even have the expertise to explain to you how these these things cause diseases but you just need to take it from me that they do you have to do your own research to uh to to investigate that conclusion but but science is already you know done the work for us we don't have to worry about that um if if you are i've got a couple of clients who say that they have gastrointestinal problems intestinal problems they ulcers, indigestion, and a couple of other painful stuff that, you know, um, go on inside um, the stomach. Experts say that when you have this type of problems constantly, it is probably the problem is relational. 
that's the part of it that has to do with the mind the problem is relational um you we talk about forgiveness a lot and it's been talked about in isolation but if someone vexes you so much that they constantly cause you to have negative emotion um you are setting yourself up for problems it may not even be gastrointestinal um it may be neurological it's 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 not it's dangerous to not forgive especially which is the one I want to talk about today people who are close maybe a boss you work with maybe a spouse maybe someone you're dating maybe um someone you work with maybe someone you live with a neighbor um because you're constantly being in in their pro- in the environment that proximity causes the temptation to be more rampant and more constant and i mean from what i've said so far more dangerous so how do you handle such a situation how do you handle the how do you handle forgiving them how do you work with forgiveness but someone who is a clear and present danger to your well-being I won't waste your time I'll just make it this is what I this is this is the counsel I give to her Jesus um gave us this example it's it's quite easy he was arrested and was being beaten and was you know it was a very terrible day and he was taken to the cross and he was crucified and but before he died he said something that could give us an insight as to how we can deal with this um this practical issue um he said father forgive them for they know not what they do now it's it's important to note that it wasn't a conversation with the people who were doing what they were doing it wasn't a conversation he was having with the perpetrators the, the offenders he said he was it was a conversation he was having in prayer to the father said father forgive them for they know not what they so why am i saying what <laughs> father forgive them for they know not what they do <laughs> they know not what they do they know not what they do now they don't have any idea what they do he appealed for mercy for them for their ignorance and before he went to the cross in one of his teachings he said to his disciples he said pray for them who despitefully use you or who spite you or who act in ways that are derogatory to you he says pray for them it don't be passive because passivity in the face of such an issue what cause you to harbor dangerous emotions and and this could be you know um dangerous to your health they could they could they could be they could be a uh, uh injurious to your health and your well-being don't be passive you know which is one of the mistakes we make why i've been in this situation where i just felt that i just keep quiet no you never keep quiet you have to use words you can't keep quiet 
if you keep quiet you you soak up these things and and they they cause you at the end of the day to explode or to act or to act in ways that are unproductive you will not be creative you will not be cooperative with other people who don't who don't have any problem to do with you who had nothing to do with the situation so you you gotta you gotta say something you can't you can't just not say something but you and i know that it is a bad idea to speak back or to talk back at someone who obviously is in a bad is in an unresourceful state who is who is not emotionally being wise and you know is confrontational or whatever it is so don't speak back at them speak to the father about them okay so Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, what happens is this. One or two things will happen when you do this. It is either they turn around completely or you are resurrected from the environment. If you pray this prayer, it is either constantly, that is, you just, it doesn't have to be longer than that. Father, forgive so so and so I don't think he knows what he's doing I don't think she knows what she's doing alright you continually pray that prayer every time that stuff occurs pray that prayer then go further and do the other part of Jesus said to pray for those who despitefully use you which means to actually really ask for a blessing for them ask God to bless them look listen people who are acting in stupid ways actually have a problem and you're not their problem you're not that problem. Look, if someone comes to me environment and start acting stupid, it, it is not you. They may, you may have even made a mistake to trigger what they're doing, but the fact that they have that kind of response is not. It, it wasn't your. It wasn't your action or whatever it is, your trigger that put that action in them. It, that action is resident in them, meaning there is a pre-existing situation, a pre-existing character problem, a pre-existing emotional, spiritual, physical problem in those people. That's why you've got to pray for them. Okay? You pray for them and say, Father, bless this person. Heal them. Sort them out. Now, you're going to have a very terrible reaction when you pray that prayer. But it gets better. The more they vex you and you pray this prayer, the more you're going to start overcoming the emotional reaction that you get by praying for them. Okay, so if you say, God bless this person, your mind goes, what? Forget that. Ever. That's not going to happen. You know? But the more you pray the prayer, the longer you pray that prayer, the easier you start feeling. In fact, you will get to a point in that situation you actually now feel that God should bless them. You actually feel that God, you bless them. When you feel that way, that's the end of the situation. You're free. Now, whether or not they change, resurrection will happen to you. Listen, Jesus, by not making the people who were doing what they were doing to him the center of his thought and concentration, removed them to the fringes, made the reason for the situation the center of focus of his attention. This is what I mean. Jesus, by not fixating on those who were causing his vexation, was able to connect 
to the reason why the vexation came in the first place, which is because there has to be a purpose and a resurrection at the end of the day. So when you're in a bad situation, a bad marriage, a bad relationship, a bad work in a toxic relationship, uh, a bad situation where you live or whatever, um, when those situations have occurred, it doesn't matter why they occur, it doesn't matter how or from whom and by whom they occur, there is a reason why they are occurring. That purpose is bigger than the event. Now, when you separate your feeling from concentrating on the people who are causing the problems, for example, you're in a work situation and, and you are... Uh, uh, you are being troubled and you're being it's a very difficult situation at work your boss is unappreciative of your work and then there is a higher purpose for that you know the boss notwithstanding that situation was supposed to accomplish something in you if you focus on your boss on the cause or the people that are causing the problem you will not be able to focus on the purpose and you will not be able to experience the resurrection that should come as a result of whatever it is they're doing. It may be in an industry that's so toxic. It may be in, in an environment that is, that is terrible. You know, you may live in a country like Nigeria and you find yourself constantly, you know, being vexed. Okay? You forgive. You have to forgive. It doesn't matter what the context is. You have to forgive and you have to pray for the people that are causing the problem. Pray that God will bless them. Not that God will endorse their problem. When you say God bless someone, what you're saying is whatever the problem is in your life, whatever it is that is broken in your life, that is making them to behave that way, you're asking that God will fix it. And that's, and that's it. That you, you're resurrecting. You're being sublime when you act that way. You're being sublime. You're not being subsumed into the situation. You are actually overcoming situation you are now on top of it and that's when resurrection happens like i said one or two things may happen when you start doing this either the person turns around completely either that boss now becomes your biggest supporter either that spouse now that turns around and becomes ultra supportive or god resurrects you out of that situation you literally get expunged into a new sphere of life, into a new level of life where your eyes are lifted up above your enemies around about and nothing can touch you anymore. When you become inaccessible to the arrows of hate and, 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 and toxicity, resurrection will happen. Regardless of what happens, resurrection will happen if you act right in a terrible circumstance. So, you pray for them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then, you ask God for a blessing for them. When you do that constantly, you keep praying that prayer until the negative feelings dissolve. Because they will. It's a miraculous thing. It'll happen. Because you're redirecting your mind now. Okay? You're redirecting your mind and you're, you're getting rid of that toxic energy and toxic emotion that is coming into your body. You're getting rid of it. And you'll find out that you're healed of issues that you didn't even know were related to this. I hope this has helped you. Um, I just thought I'd record it quickly because 
um, I have not recorded in a long time. <laughs> Please share it with people in your environment and stay well. My name is Femi Jacobs. Share this podcast. God bless. See you again, son.